You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, All For You. Enjoy. Highway family, I'm so glad that we can spend Easter morning together (laughs) through the internet. We are missing uh, being physically together for our worship services and our get-togethers and missing seeing you guys. God loves you so much. And uh, we, we believe that we are all, the whole highway family is going to flourish, continue flourishing during this time. We're going to continue moving forward. We're going to continue uh, growing and increasing and expanding and uh, moving on to each next step in God's plan for our lives. We are not moved by the current conditions. Because we've, we've never practiced being moved by them before. We're not going to start now, right? Our destiny's not hinged on what's going on around us. It's hinged on who's living inside of us, right? So that's how we live. It's no different now. We live from the inside out, right? So we're, we're, we're inside people. We're strong inside, and that strength on the inside rises to the surface and fills the atmosphere around us. I know the Lord has a word for you, so let's pray together this morning. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to celebrate the resurrection of your son. And Holy Spirit, we're leaning our whole person on you. I ask you to touch in a very special way each person watching and listening to this message. Reveal Christ during this message. We know that the answer to every need in our life is simply Jesus. And if there's an area of our life where we're lacking or troubled, all we need is to see Jesus more clearly. So we're asking you, Holy Spirit, to reveal Jesus to us more clearly during this time together. Hallelujah. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. I'm going to loosen up a little bit. Is that all right? Woo-hoo. Okay. Listen, can I say something to you uh, that, that might be shocking? But what if I said to you that Easter is not about Jesus? Don't get mad at me. What if I said Easter is all about you. Don't don't get upset. Don't don't call the religious police on me. I want you to see something today. That everything God did, all that that we celebrate on Resurrection Sunday, on Easter Sunday, everything God did through his son Jesus, he didn't do for Jesus. He did for you. Everything God did through his son Jesus, he did for you. Now, what if I say it this way? Easter is not so much about Jesus as it is about what Jesus did for you. Does that make sense? I like to say things in a little bit more of a shocking way first. So you wake you up and get you mad at me a little bit. So let me say it that way. 
What if I said Resurrection Sunday, Jesus rising from the dead was not about Jesus, but it was about what God was doing for you through Jesus? Does that make sense? So I, we, in the interview you heard with my wife and I, we were talking about Easter tradition. Let me say this to you. Jesus didn't rise from the dead so we could create greeting cards. God is not interested in having another holiday. I like holidays. Don't get me wrong. Give me a reason to have the whole family together and have a meal. I'm there. Okay, I love holidays, but the reality is Jesus rising from the dead had nothing to do with greeting card companies, nothing to do with setting aside a special day, getting dressed up, coming to a church and having a meal together. It had to do with you experiencing him today. Jesus rose from the dead so that every day you would experience the resurrection power of Christ in your life. So I want to challenge you and encourage you today to think differently about the risen Christ. He wants you to experience the power of his resurrection on your job, when you're shopping, when you're on the phone, when you're FaceTiming, when you're hanging out with friends. He wants you to experience all of the life that he purchased for you through his death, burial, and resurrection. We're, many Christians call it Resurrection Sunday. We're celebrating the, the fact that God sent his son Jesus and defeated death for you. And that it's a once-for-all act. And the power of it will never lessen, will never wane. It's for anyone who believes and it's for you today. The resurrection power of Christ is for your mind to be well. It's for your soul, your emotions to be well. It's for your body to be whole. So I want to get into the resurrection power of Christ. I call this message all for you. Remember that everything that God did through Jesus, he, he didn't have to do it. He wasn't doing it for his own resume. He wasn't doing it for himself. He wasn't doing it for his son. He did it for you. I don't know. It's kind of funny. I, I think back to growing up as a kid, you know, watching the Easter movies. I don't, I don't know kind of what, what I had the idea. I thought that maybe God had some, was like accomplishing some private agenda or something. When I would see these, you know, Easter movies and, and the Charlton Heston Ten Commandments and all that stuff. I thought, well, God must have had some kind of agenda or something. You know, he had something he had to get done for his own um, personal reason, which I don't understand. And nothing could be further from the truth. Everything Jesus did, he did for you. Everything he did, he did for you. So when you're reading your Bibles, remember that. When you're celebrating on this, on this holiday, remember that. He did so that you could experience God right now. So that you could experience victory and freedom from depression, anxiety, fear, lack, confusion today. Freedom from it all today. He did it so that you could be healed and whole and healthy and strong today. Wouldn't it be sad if the meaning of his resurrection was, was lost to his own church? Wouldn't that be sad? If we didn't know why he rose from the dead, 
If we didn't know that him rising from the dead was for us to rise above everything we're facing and to live a new kind of life, wouldn't that be sad? Hallelujah. So let's, let's get some history. I, I like going back into the scriptures and getting some history so that we can understand the power of the resurrection. And so that we can see that God did this for you, not for himself. Okay? Let's go all the way back. And let's, let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to get some history so that we can appreciate the power of the resurrection that we're celebrating. And so that we can realize God did this for you. He did it for you. So if we go all the way back to the very first chapter of the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 1, we're going to get some history. And we know that Adam was created about 6,000 years ago. Just talking with my kids the other day as we are reading our one-a-day uh, Bible chapter. We were talking about the, the, the Jew, Jewish nation has the most accurate recording of their genealogy that uh, no other nation compares. We can trace uh, all the way back to Adam, everybody's dad. Isn't that amazing? So we know this is about 6,000 years ago. We know that God made man in his image. And that according to Genesis chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 26, God gave man dominion over the earth. This has everything to do with the resurrection, okay? Don't forget what we're talking about. We want you to know why Jesus rose from the dead. What was he accomplishing? So we can really celebrate it. And the best way to celebrate it is experience the reality of it. Right? To taste it. In your everyday life. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. That can be translated authority, can be translated sovereignty can be translated, let them have rule over. The fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth. What does this have to do with the resurrection? Everything. Just stay with me. Over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So according to God, not, not religious doctrine, not philosophy of man, not man's mental reasoning trying to figure out why things are the way they are. According to God, he made man in his image, in his likeness, and he gave man dominion, authority, sovereignty over the earth and everything on it. Wow. The church I grew up in didn't teach me this. Sad, because it would have helped me a lot. Okay? So God creates man in his image. He says it twice there in the first uh, verse. In our image, after our likeness. And he gives man dominion over the entire the earth. We could say Adam was the God of this world. There, there's nothing wrong. Little g. Nothing wrong with that statement. That's scriptural. Okay? God made man in his image and gave man authority over this earth. Scripturally speaking... We could say Adam was the little G, 
God of this world. Okay, don't get mad at me. We're learning. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. Third time he said that in two verses. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Four times in two verses. Wow, he wants us to know he's our father. Right? He wants us to know we were made in his image. To live with him. To be united with him. To rule and reign with him. Come on, parents, don't you want your kids to rule and reign with you? Really? Don't you want them to be successful with you? To move forward with you? To experience all the wonderful things you experience? He's a good father, right? So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Let's go to chapter 2 of Genesis. We're, we're getting a, a historic foundation so that we can appreciate and experience the realities of Jesus' resurrection in our daily life. Are you with me? It was all for you. Chapter 2 of Genesis, verse 15. Now, Eve was not created before God said this. All right? Understand. He's talking to Adam right here. Okay, starting at verse 15. She's not created till later after God says this. And the Lord God took the man, took Adam, put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Now, we didn't go into the description of the paradise God created, but it's beyond what we could describe. But the, the scriptures give us an idea of the paradise Adam was living in. We have no idea of the variety of, of delicious things Adam had to eat. Many of them aren't on the earth anymore because of the curse of sin. Okay? So he, he said, of every tree you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. Pay attention. This has everything to do with the resurrection. He gave them everything, but there was one tree that they could not eat. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Thou shalt not eat of it. Why? For in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Listen, parents, don't you warn your children about things that could harm them? Of course we do. Of course you. That, that's one of the things that's on the, the forefront of a new parent's mind is protecting their child. Letting the child know there are things they can't touch. There are things they can't eat. Right? Why? Because that's a, what a good parent does. A good parent loves that child and doesn't want any harm to ever come to that child. So God is letting Adam know something that this is not for you. I didn't create this for you. Okay. You can have everything else as much as you want. But this is not created for you. If you eat of it, you will surely die. Now in the Hebrew, it's interesting. If you look at the Hebrew phrasing, it says, in dying, you shall die. Hmm. It's speaking of two deaths. In dying, you shall die. What is he talking about? That if you eat of this, spiritually you will die, and therefore physically you will die. Your spirit, what is spiritual death? It's being separated from God. If you're separated from God, your spirit is what the Bible calls dead. 
And that brings about physical death. Now, and then shortly thereafter, he made Eve afterwards. Now, understanding this is very important. We can better understand the resurrection when we understand what death is. Okay. If you don't understand what spiritual death is, you're not going to appreciate the resurrection. All right? So Adam, we know what happened, right? He, he chose to uh, listen to an ungodly voice and believe that ungodly voice. And as a result, he was separated from God. He did experience spiritual death. Now, when we understand the effects of sin, we can understand how amazing the resurrection is. When we understand that the wages of sin is death, that, that this separation from God brought death, we will value and appreciate the resurrection more than ever before. Let's talk about God the Father. Then we're going to talk about Satan. Then we're going to talk about death, all right? So God the Father, he's really perfect. <laughs> the Bible says this, that God is not only loving, but he is love. You got to know that about him. He doesn't try and love you. He loves you perfectly. God is perfect love. He's perfect wisdom. I like to remind myself that God never has a question about anything. That God has never had to learn anything. Isn't that amazing to think about? That he's always been, he has no beginning, and he's always known everything about everything. He's never Googled for information. Isn't that amazing? This is the God of the Bible. This is the God that we're celebrating today, who raised his son from the dead. He's perfect love, he's perfect wisdom, he's perfect peace, and he's perfect power. Why is that important when it comes to sin? Sin is when we choose to do something that's contrary to the nature of the Father. That's what sin is. You're missing his nature. You're missing the mark of his nature. Okay? Now, we know naturally speaking that any time we're working with something that's powerful, whether it be a chemical substance or a drug. My dad was a pharmacist. He worked with some powerful chemicals and drugs. His, his pharmacy, I remember as a kid, got robbed several times. He was held at gunpoint because the stuff he worked with was powerful and, and, and it, it, could, it could do good or it can do bad depending on how it was used. All right? But he, he took precautions because what he was working with was so powerful. Now, what if you worked at a nuclear power plant? We're talking about perfect power, God being perfect power. When you're in the presence of something powerful, you take precautions. If I'm working at a nuclear power plant, guarantee you I'm going to study my safety protocol. I'm going to study it before I walk in that place. 
I'm going to read through everything they give me. I'm going to make sure I'm dressed properly, that I don't go into zones I'm not supposed to go in. I'm going to read all the signs. I'm gonna, why? Because I know if I don't respect the power that I'm working with, I could die. Are you following me? Doesn't mean the power is bad. Nuclear power is a wonderful thing. It benefits humanity tremendously. Okay? So it doesn't mean the power is bad, but if I don't have a respect for the power, I'm going to, I'm, I could die. So when we're talking about God, we're talking about perfect power to, to contradict him, to, re, to turn away from him, to disregard what he said, it brings death because he's so powerful. He doesn't bring death. He doesn't do that to you. So that we, we don't have anything to be mad at God about. It's like if I had a bonfire here and, and I, was, I was reading a book and, and I, I dropped it and fell into the fire, what would happen? It would burn because the fire is powerful. I'm not mad at the fire. I should have known better, right? So when you appreciate the power of God, the life of God, the love of God, you develop a tremendous respect for Him. And when you come into His presence, man, you're, you're different. You're thinking, you know, I'm in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Of perfect love and perfect power. And, and I, and I, I want to walk with Him. It's a wonderful way to live. Okay? Now, so interesting to note, of all the things that Satan could have tempted man with, what did he choose? A quest for knowledge. Of all the things, why did he choose that? A quest for the knowledge of good and evil. Because Satan knew, Satan's been around a lot longer than man has. He knew that man could not handle it. We can't handle the knowledge of good and evil. The only knowledge you were created to handle is the true knowledge of God. From 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. That's the knowledge we're made to live and walk in. But this knowledge of good and evil, we weren't made for that. Now what's interesting to note, when God made man, Satan was already in the earth. He had already been cast down, but he had no authority. Why? Because God had spoken and God had given authority over the earth to Adam. So Satan was defeated. He was in the earth, but he had no authority, no power. He could, he could not bring about any, any death, any destruction. He couldn't steal. He couldn't do anything. And that was frustrating to him because he hated God and he hated man. Are you okay? You're doing all right. You're still there with me. So we know that Satan's goal, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but it's good to go over. Satan's goal is to what? To kill and destroy. How? By stealing, right? By, first of all, taking the truth of God, trying to take the word of God from your life. Listen, Satan wants God to be a big question mark to you, Okay? Satan wants God to be a big question mark and a mystery, but Jesus has removed that question mark. 
And see, that's what this quest for the knowledge of good and evil does. It creates endless question marks in your mind. And you know where you end up going? Away from God instead of closer to Him. You see, Satan knew that we weren't created. We could not handle this knowledge of good and evil. We were actually made to walk with God. To listen to God. To believe what He says. And to speak what He says. That's how we're made. To actually, and, and to simply take God at His word. Even if our mental faculties can't understand it. That's how you're made, to simply take him at his word. It's called living by faith. It's not going through life with blinders on. It's taking God at his word and standing on it no matter what. That's how you're made, to live that way. If you get into the knowledge of good and evil, I guarantee you it's going to weaken you. It's going to sidetrack you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hinder your forward progress in Christ. Hallelujah. So you know when, when the enemy's working in your life trying to get scheming, he'll always tempt you, uh, usually with something uh, about, you, 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 well, you don't know this. Have you ever considered this? Well, you don't know about that, but what about this? And if you let him lead you, he'll take you on an endless quest of questions, and you'll never get the answer. Glory to God. Isn't this fun? Isn't this good? So here's Satan. He's defeated. He's been cast down from heaven. God makes man. Man is made in the image of God. He can freely reign over the earth. He has authority over the devil, everything on the earth. But Satan wants to, to, to bring destruction into the earth. But there's only one way he can do it, and he knows that because he's been around a long time. He knows the only way that he can kill Adam that he can separate Adam and Eve from God is if he can get them to obey him. See, Satan understood the principle that we talked about a couple weeks ago, I think it was in Romans 6.16, that you become subject to the one you obey. You become subject to the one you obey. So Adam knew if he could get, excuse me, Satan knew if he could get Adam to obey him, Adam would become subject to him. Okay? Look at Romans 5.17. You can write these references down and study them later today and throughout the week. But in Romans 5.17, it gives us insight to Satan's strategy to steal from mankind and to destroy them. This is what Easter about. Easter turned this whole thing around. Resurrection Sunday, Jesus' resurrection. Romans 5.17, I'm just going to read the beginning from the Weymouth translation. It says, for if through the transgression of the one individual, that's Adam, death made use of the one individual, excuse me, let me read it this way, death made use of the one individual to seize the sovereignty. Okay? So Satan took advantage of Adam so that he could steal the sovereignty over the earth that God gave to him. All right? This was, this was a crafty plan. And, and guess what? It worked. 
He lured Adam in with you. You can have the knowledge of good and evil. Right? He lured him in. Adam took the bait. And because Adam obeyed Satan, he, he, Adam separated himself from perfect power. And immediately his spirit died. And then his body began to die. The greatest of all tragedies. Right? God lost the one that he made in his image. And then Satan took the sovereignty over the earth. He took the sovereignty over the earth and he brought death into the world. Satan is the father of death. Satan is the father of destruction. Satan is the father of all the precursors to that. Sickness, disease, confusion, anxiety, poverty, lack. So he stole that authority and now legally, even though he did it through deception, legally Satan became the God of this world. You should know that as a believer. I know this is not taught commonly. I wish someone would have told me this when I was growing up. Instead of trying to explain why things are the way they are in the world with their own mental reasoning, I wish I would have known Satan was the God of this world, that God's not the one causing these things. That Satan is the one that steals kills, steals, kills, and destroys. So it's so important, so important to realize uh, who's behind death and sickness. Right? Jesus made it very clear in his ministry who the author of sickness was. Not his father. The kingdom divided against itself can't stand. So if you ever hear a, a minister or someone telling you that that sickness is from some divine purpose, don't you listen. That's a person trying to explain bad things with their own mental reasonings, not with the scriptures. Okay? Don't you listen to that. If you hear a, someone come on TV and tell you that God brought this uh, coronavirus, this, this uh, pandemic into the world to humble us and teach something, don't you listen to them. Jesus never taught such foolishness. And he never will, because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus came against sickness. If sickness was from his father, he would have been coming against his father. And you know that can't happen. Why? Because Jesus told us that, right? A kingdom divided against itself can't stand. It's time for you to know the nature of your father. So you can resist sickness. So that you can take authority over the stuff the devil's trying to put on your life and bring into your life. Hallelujah. See, knowing Jesus will enable you to take your place in God's family and take authority over the things that are trying to take you out. Hallelujah. I had to do that today. I said, no, I refuse to accept this. Something trying to come into my life. Uh, no, I symptom. No, I refuse to accept it. I have authority over it. I won't accept it. I'm the healed of God. And what happened? It left. But I, you've got to know who you are. You've got to go know the nature of your father. It's Resurrection Sunday. So this is obviously the greatest tragedy of the human race was the fall of man. Satan becoming the God of this world. Nothing could be worse than that. But... He couldn't do anything he wanted. He was still limited. Isn't that good? And God's plan of salvation, God's uh, son coming to the earth was in effect. 
So God from that time began working to get his son into the earth, okay? So Resurrection Sunday, what are we celebrating? Jesus coming into the earth to take back what the devil stole. Jesus coming into the earth so that those who are dead, who are separated from God, can be taken from death and be brought into life. Are you following me? Listen, all of us have sinned. (laughs) Shouldn't be surprising, right? We know that. All of us have sinned. Every single human being since Adam with the exception of Jesus. We've all sinned, okay? So we, we all at some point separated ourselves from God. Adam went from life to death. Christ came so that you could go from death to life. He rose so that you could rise. I'm not talking about going to heaven. Yes, that's a part of it. I'm talking about you rising today. You living the God kind of life today. You experiencing the resurrection power of Christ today. Hallelujah. This resurrection life that Christ initiated, brought into the earth, is for anyone, from anywhere, anyhow, any who, who would simply believe in Jesus. No one is disqualified from this life. No sin you've committed can disqualify you from the resurrection life God has provided for you. No, you haven't. You haven't sinned too much. You haven't, you haven't done something that, that's going to keep God from loving you. You haven't done something to, to keep you that disqualifies you from this free gift because you can't do anything to qualify yourself for this gift. All that God asks is that we believe in his son. Let's look at this. So Jesus came so that man could no longer be dead, but could live again. That's why this is such a celebration today. That's why we shout on Easter morning. That's why we celebrate. That's why we get dressed up. That's why we look forward to coming to church. That's why we like to have a meal together as a family. That's why we like getting together. Because Jesus came and through faith in him, he's made us alive again. We've been brought from death to life. We've gone from spiritual death to spiritual life. We've gone from depression to joy. We've gone from lack to abundance. We've gone from sickness to health. We've gone from anxiety to peace. Now, let's go to John chapter 3. This is so good. Hallelujah. All of us need a new beginning. Every human being since Adam, with the exception of Jesus, need a new beginning. The new beginning he got, he didn't get for himself. He got for you. All of us need a do-over. Okay? All of us. Now, here's Jesus. So, God the Father asked the Son to, to lay down his glory and come to the earth and be conceived in the womb of a virgin, be born a human being baby. And just like you and me, and to grow up, to to do all the things a little baby does, a little toddler does, a little boy does, a young man does, and a man does. Okay? 
So here's the man, Jesus. He's begun his ministry in John chapter 3. Let's start in verse 1. He says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This is the Apostle John writing. The same came to Jesus by night. So this, uh, this ruler of the Jews, Nicodemus, he was a master in the scriptures, a master teacher, doctorate level. But he's afraid to come to Jesus if others are around. Because he fears man more than he fears God. So he comes to Jesus by night, after hours, right? And maybe he's whispering, uh, Rabbi, we know that uh, you're a teacher and you come from God. Um, for no man can do, you know, what, what, what you've been doing, the miracles you've been doing, except God be with them. I don't think Jesus whispered. He said to Nicodemus, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot experience the kingdom of God. Not talking about going to heaven. Yes, you'll go to heaven if you're born again. But Jesus is talking about right now. What did Jesus say? The kingdom of God will, will be here someday? Or did he say it's at hand? He said it's within you. It's in your heart. He wants you to experience him now. Happy Easter. <laughs> Except a man be born again, he cannot experience and partake of the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, um, how can a man be born when he is old? What's that? The knowledge of good and evil. Fleshly mind. Yeah, that's good. He can't hear God. Good. He, he's, he's just tossing around in his head trying to figure out what God just said. Listen, you're, you want to hear God with your spirit, not your head. Hello. Your head will go around in circles for the rest of your life, but your spirit will grab it. Your, your, your mind will catch up eventually. That's right. Just grab it with your heart. Bring your mind along. So this expert, doctorate-level teacher, ruler of the Jews, God just said something to him so important, and it doesn't register. It's confusing to him because he doesn't understand uh, the, the simple truths of spiritual death and spiritual life. Isn't that amazing? And he's well-educated. And then he goes on to say, uh, how can this be when, when, when a man is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? So what is he doing? He's thinking naturally. We weren't created to think naturally. We were created to believe God. Oh, that's so good. Man, that'll change your whole life. Yeah, give your mind a break and start believing God. Start living by faith. Your mind will be so glad. Yes. Ooh, I'm getting worn out. Please. Why? How about believing God? Thank you. Give me a break. Right? Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot experience, enter into, partake of the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. 
and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Wow, I like this. I like when Jesus talks. My heart freaks out. Freak out, says she. Remember that jam from the 70s or 80s? Freak out, says she. My heart, my heart leaps when he speaks. My heart realizes, wait a minute, this is a voice unlike any other voice I've ever known. I've got to have more of him. My mind doesn't always do that. My mind sometimes will start trying to twist and figure out what he just said. And instead of going forward, I'll stand there. But when I listen to my heart, I begin running. I begin moving. I begin doing the things he's called me to do. Let's go to verse 13. Jesus is still uh, helping Nicodemus out here, okay? Verse 9, Nicodemus asks the Gwen, says, how can these things be? Verse 10, Jesus says, are you a master of Israel and you don't know these things? You should, you should know this, right? And then he, in verse 13, now pay attention to this. Verse 13, he says, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Verse 14. Okay, here it is. Easter. Are you ready? Resurrection. Now, most Christians know John 3.16, right? But what most Christians don't know is the context of John 3.16. They've been told that John 3.16 is about going to heaven. It's not. Happy Easter. It's not. It's about knowing and experiencing God now. Yeah, you'll go to heaven. But Jesus, remember, he's I am, not I'm going to be someday. Hallelujah. So verse 14, listen to this. Here's the context of John 3.16. Jesus is talking. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Okay, this is, he's, he's given us a very clear uh, reason for the resurrection. Okay, what is he saying? What, what is he referring to? He's referring to Numbers 21. Do you remember that? You can write it down, look at it later. Numbers 21, 7 through 9. Oh, not supposed to touch my nose. Woo-hoo, sorry. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. I just don't like doing it for camera's sake. You know, you're watching a football game and the coach reaches up and, you know, so I'm trying to teach myself to not touch my face when I'm on camera. That's what I'm talking about. All right. So, so Moses, what happened? Snakes, real snakes, now snakes, living snakes on planet Earth snakes, poisonous snakes, were given access to God's people because of their fleshly thinking, because of their carnal reasoning. Okay, because they chose to try and figure out what God was saying and just saying instead of just believing it. Man, this is good. See, Satan knows what he's doing. He wants to trap you in that mental arena with reasonings. Don't let him do it to you. Believe God. So God's people uh, gave access to the enemy, to Satan, and poisonous snakes came into the camp and began biting God's people, and they were dying. This was a reality. It wasn't something in the future. Okay? And God, 
uh, instructed Moses, gave him a remedy. He said to put a bronze serpent on a pole and to lift up that serpent and that whoever with a steady absorbing gaze would look at that serpent would, that on the bronze pole would be healed. Now Satan came to Adam as a snake to poison him with the knowledge of good and evil so that he would separate himself from God and that Satan would become the God of this world. What is the answer to that? To look to Jesus who is on the cross and the brass is symbolic of the judgment of God that is just for our sins. Jesus received the judgment of God on the cross. When we look at him with a steady absorbing gaze, when we realize that he bore our punishment, he bore our judgment, he bore everything that needed to be born so that we could be reunited with the Father, we get healed. Okay? That's what Jesus is talking about. This is the context of John 3.16, healing. Physical healing is the context of John 3.16. If we're going to be good Bible students, good scholars, right? If we're going to keep things in context, healing's the Bible. Sure is. It's right there in John 3.14. If you're going to learn John 3.16, you're to learn John 3.14 so you can understand John 3.16. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God's resurrection life inside of him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not talking about, yes, ultimately, hell or destruction, but he's talking about now. He wants you to be safe and sound now. Let me prove it to you. Let's keep reading. That's all we got to do is just keep reading. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Can I read those two verses out of the, or, excuse me, let's go to verse 17 in the Amplified Classic. Are you ready? Don't turn it off now. Come on, don't, don't leave the meal right in the, the middle of it. Verse 17, for God did not send the son into the world in order to judge, to reject, to condemn, to pass sentence on the world. That is a newsflash. It should be common sense in the body of Christ, but it's not. That's not why Jesus came. So if he didn't come for that reason, we sure don't do things for that reason, right? That's not our purpose either. But that the world might find salvation, listen closely, and be made safe and sound through him. <laughs> I like that. Made safe. Why does the Amplified Classic say made safe and sound and the other translations say be saved? Because if you study the Greek words sozo and soteria, they speak of wholeness safety and soundness of being. You look through the ministry of Jesus and when Jesus says uh, your faith has, some translations say saved you, some translations say made you whole, it's the same thing. We've got to get this idea out of our head that Satan sold to, to some preachers that being saved doesn't mean being healed because it does. To say I'm saved is to say I'm healed. To say I'm saved is to say I'm healed. 
It's all in the same package. To say I'm forgiven is to say I'm healed. To say I'm righteous is to say I'm healed. What would happen in your life if this became common knowledge to you and you thought of yourself as healed just as surely as you're forgiven? And you walked through your days, you, you went to bed at night knowing I'm the healed of God. That it's something Jesus did for me. It's a part of my relationship with him. It's a part of the resurrection package. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to bring this to a close with two more passages. Is that all right? We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 2. Then we're going to go to Colossians chapter 2. All right? So man needed this new beginning. According to Jesus, man needed to be reborn. To be born a second time. To be born again. To be born of God. To be born from above. He, man must, according to Jesus. It's a must. Have you been born again? If you don't know the answer to that question, chances are you probably haven't. Or you might just be lacking knowledge on what that means. If you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, you put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and with your mouth you said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. And if you believe that and you meant it and you spoke that out loud, then you're born again. Now, you might not have knowledge of what that means, and if you don't have the knowledge, the true knowledge of God, not the knowledge of good and evil, the true knowledge of God, you won't enjoy the benefits of it. Okay? God wants you to enjoy the benefits of it. So this is why Jesus laid down his glory. This is why he came to earth as a man. This is why we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, because we were dead because of our sins. And Jesus paid the price. He was the propitiation for our sins. And that through simple faith in him, because he rose from the dead, we are risen from the dead. We've gone from death to life. Okay? Spiritual death has nothing to do with us anymore. We've been reunited with God as our Father, and no one can change that. No snake can take that away from us. So let's read about this victory that you've got. we've got. Ready? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Inasmuch, this is Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, human nature, he himself, Jesus, likewise shared in the same. He became flesh and blood, right? Yeah. That through death he died... When did he die? On the cross, right? He was separated from God his Father, right? That through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death. Woo! That is the devil. Did you know that? The devil had the power of death. So Jesus, through death, this is what Resurrection Sunday is about, that he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage, subject to Satan. God wants you to no longer be subject to Satan. 
He wants to take you out of darkness and bring you into the light, out of death into life, out from the power of Satan into his resurrection power. Today! Let me read that out of the Amplified Classic. Since therefore, verse 14, since therefore these his children share in flesh and blood in the physical nature of human beings, he himself in a similar manner partook of the same nature. He put on flesh and blood. So the father asked of him that by going through death, he might bring to naught and make of no effect him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Listen, we're celebrating Resurrection Sunday. Jesus brought the devil to zero. Jesus brought the devil to naught. Jesus defeated him soundly, perfectly, eternally, once and forever. Our enemies have been defeated. Jesus has won, and he did it for you, all for you. Verse 15, and also that he might deliver and completely set free. So he didn't want to just defeat the devil. He didn't want to just defeat death. He wanted you to be free today. And also that he might deliver and completely set free all those who through the haunting fear of death were held in bondage throughout the whole course of their lives. Don't you be afraid of this virus. What do you have to be afraid of? Jesus whipped the devil for you. We're not of this world. We don't fear what the world fears. We're safe and sound in him. You stand on the reality of what Christ did for you. You, you don't listen to the reports of man. The only, the only trustworthy source of news for you is the word of God. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. Woo! Let's finish with this. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. Hallelujah. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Hallelujah. Resurrection Sunday. This is why we celebrate. What did Jesus do? He wiped out the handwriting of requirements that were against us, which was contrary to us, and he's taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. He disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle, spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, I'm going to read... The same verses, just in two more translations. Message translation. When you were stuck in your old sin life, when you were stuck in your old sin dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. That's why we weren't made for the knowledge of good and evil. It gums up the works, and it makes us incapable of responding to the Holy Spirit. It tangles us up. God wants you free to follow Him. Not tangled up in the reasonings of the natural mind. When you were stuck in your old sin dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive. Right along with Christ. 
Think of it. All sins forgiven, the slate wiped clean, that old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority. I like that. He stripped them of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. How? Last translation. Last translation. The Passion Translation. Are you ready? You're still with me? Let's, let's bring the single close. We're coming in for a landing. For we've been buried with him into his death. Our baptism into death also means we were raised with him. Resurrection Sunday. When we believed in God's resurrection power, the power that raised him from death's realm, we were raised. This realm of death describes our former state. For we were held in sin's grasp, but now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return, for we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all, our sins, our stained soul. To, to, he deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Then Jesus, after that, he made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless you. We rejoice in you. Thank you for brand new life. Thank you for all that you did for us. Thank you, Lord, for the resurrection of your son. That it was for me. It was for me. You did it for me. You did it for all of us. He did it for you. Lord, we celebrate your your death-destroying love for us. We celebrate this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We celebrate your defeating darkness love for us. Hallelujah. We just rejoice in you today. Your love for us has shattered fear from our lives. Hallelujah. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.